Amen. Um, you're probably aware that Greg Fritz isn't here today, and uh, we made that decision, and, and uh, I struggled with that, but I made the right decision, would you agree? Because Lincoln, Omaha had, you know, the interstate was closed down, and uh, but he will be here March 24th. Everyone say March 24th. Everyone say there will be no snow March 24th. Amen. Uh, let's let's go on today, and, and uh, I think that's all the announcements that we have. We will have prayer this week. And uh, we've been on a series on our spiritual inheritance and, and uh, discovering our spiritual inheritance and then learning how to appreciate and appropriate our spiritual inheritance. So this year, this is, you know, we'll have, we've got some goals. I'm going to give you some goals for your life here as we get to the end of these slides. But the question is, who am I? And I want you to be able to answer that, and you should know that week by week when we go over this. Go to the next one, please. What do I have? Well, what, what do we have in Christ? We'll talk about that. And go to the first scripture here. Ephesians 1.11. I want you to say it with me, and uh, I want you to say it like you believe it. Amen? Amen. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. The next one, please. Colossians 1.12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So you have what? A spiritual inheritance. Now go back. You got to go back to the beginning. We missed the first ones. First John 1 John 1.12, it says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Next one, please. Now, this is your responsibility, okay? And this is the goal that I... I have for you this year that I have for myself. Glean wise counsel. Say it with me. Glean wise counsel. 
gain knowledge, guard your spiritual inheritance, grow your spiritual inheritance, and give away your spiritual inheritance. So that's your responsibility. Amen? And those are the, the, the G's. I want you to remember those G's this year. And, and we're going to go through this now and, and, and review some of this. And then we'll go on to something new. But the first one we said that you and I need to do is glean wise counsel. What does glean wise counsel mean? Proverbs 1.5 says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. We said the believer can glean wise counsel from who? Who are you going to glean wise counsel from? A pastor? The fivefold ministry gift, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. We talked how important it is for you to listen and to hear and receive instruction from a ministry gift. Then we talked about how important it is for you to be where every week? Church. And uh, Dr. Barclay said this. I've got it highlighted. It says this. Say, I'm listening. We must be aware that Satan is going to do anything he can to uproot you and pull you out of church and cause you to become more rooted in the world. Attend more church than ever before. That's good advice. You need the church because the church is where you're going to hear the word of the Lord, which is going to help you understand your spiritual inheritance. And we need each other. Say, I need my neighbor. Yes, you do. We said uh, by Proverbs 22, 4, it says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. And so what it takes about when when you're gleaning wise counsel from others, it takes a teachable heart. You need to have an attitude that, you know, I'm, I'm willing to humble myself, come and listen, and be open to the wisdom of God that's coming from the Bible. You need to be humble. Say, I need to be humble. Because by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. So we, we understand gleaning wise counsel, how important it is. Then gaining knowledge. Look at Proverbs 2. Now, we said last week that these principles can be applied also to a a natural inheritance, okay? But we're looking at it from a different viewpoint as a spiritual inheritance. So the second G was we need to gain knowledge. Say it, gain knowledge. And in Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 5, we see the three ifs, I-F-S. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment, there's a second one, and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then what's the result? Then you will understand the fear of the Lord 
and find the knowledge of God. So you can come to church and you can listen to the preacher and associate with other believers and learn from other believers. But then when you go home, you have a responsibility to gain knowledge on your own. You and I have a responsibility to open up this book and study it ourselves. If you're relying just on me every week and you're not doing anything as far as your spiritual responsibilities every day, then you're missing it. Amen? You need to study. Receive my words, cry out for discernment, seek her as silver. Now look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 15, the Apostle Paul tells Pastor Timothy this. He says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. King James says, study to show yourself approved of God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the truth. One translation says it this way, study like a worker. So you and I are going to have to study ourselves. If we do that, Daniel eleven thirty two 32 says, The people who know their God shall be strong and, and do great exploits. So the result of studying the Word of God, getting the Word of God in you, renewing your mind with the Word of God, it says you're going to be strong. You're going to accomplish great things for God. How many of you want to accomplish something for God? I would hope everyone here, and uh, I want to read this to you um, from Kenyon about gaining knowledge. He says this, the, power, the, the more that I study the life of Jesus, I'm convinced that he did not exercise divine power in excess of what every intelligent child of God possesses today. The difference is that Jesus knew what belonged to him and Jesus used his rights. When Jesus cast out demons, he used authority that he has delegated to the church. He said, in my name you shall cast out demons. The forces of hell could not touch him or injure him. He was simply using the divine ability that is delegated to us. You shall take up serpents and they shall not injure you. The poison of vipers had no power over the Christian's body who knows his place in Christ. The apostle Paul loosened the deadly fangs of a viper that had fastened itself into his hand and shook the thing off without injury. Paul simply illustrated what Jesus had promised. Let me say it again. I'm convinced that intelligent children of the Lord could walk in the same life and power and divine liberty as Jesus walked if they understood their privileges. That's what we're learning this year is understanding our privileges. He said, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. Poison could not be administered to the Lord Jesus and take effect. It cannot be administered to the body of Christ and take effect if the members of that body walk in the knowledge 
and liberty of the sons of God. This is not extreme. It is simply walking in the realm of life. We have been translated out of the realm of darkness. That is the kingdom of weakness, darkness, and ignorance. We have been translated into the kingdom of the Son of His love, which is the realm of wealth, life, light, joy, peace, and of faith. Let me state it again. Jesus in His earth walk as the incarnate Son of God, beginning with His baptism, lived exactly as every child of God should live today. Now, I know that just blows your mind. But that's what we're learning from the Scriptures this year. We should walk as Jesus walked. We should talk as Jesus talked. We should think the way Jesus thought. God wasn't any more His Father than He is ours. I'll say that again. God wasn't any more His Father than He is ours. He said, the Father loves you even as He loves me. He was the Son of God. You are a son or daughter of God. He was deity. You are a partaker of the divine nature. That is deity. He had the Holy Spirit dwelling in him. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. The difference is that Jesus gave the Holy Spirit right of way in a sense of which we have never yet learned. So we really... As believers, if you're a born-again believer, you have no excuse. I have no excuse. If my nose is in the book and I'm renewing my mind to the Word of God, then I'm going to walk like Jesus walked. I'm going to talk like Jesus talked. Signs, wonders, and miracles are going to follow me. Because I know my privileges. I know my sonship in Christ. Amen? So it's important. We glean wise counsel. It's important that we get to know the Word of God. What's the third G? The third G is guard. Everyone say guard. You and I need to guard your spiritual inheritance. How many of you know if you've got money and finances? She talked about having a safe. You need to have a safe. Put your what? Valuables in and your money. Why do you have a safe? Because somebody could try to steal what's yours. Amen? And Satan, the Bible says, comes immediately to steal, kill, and destroy. We need to learn how to guard our spiritual inheritance. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 20, Paul tells Timothy, Guard what was committed to your trust. What was committed? The truth was committed to his trust. Guard the treasure or the truth you were given. Why do we have to guard it? Because 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 states, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. Satan will do everything in his power to steal from you. Amen? Steal your wealth, steal your health, steal your relationships. That's what he's good at. That word devices means mind games. We should not be ignorant of the mind games that Satan plays on you and I. 
Mark 4, verse 15 <coughs> states this, And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Did you hear that? Does he come three weeks from today? No. Does he come next year? No. The Bible says he comes immediately to steal the word. So you and I need to guard the word of God. Now, I want you to look at James chapter 1. We're talking about why we need to guard our inheritance in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> James, look at chapter 1, and look at verse 22. Well, look at verse 21. We'll start there. It says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be what? Doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like a man, now this is what I want you to see. He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes, observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Now listen, there's a danger, everyone say danger, of forgetting who you are in Christ Jesus. There's a danger of forgetting that you are a son and daughter of the Most High God, or a child of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. There is a danger of forgetting that you're a born-again believer, the righteousness of God in Christ. And you and I have authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall harm, hurt, or harass us. You can forget the word that you heard last week. You can forget the word of God that the special speaker brought to you six months ago. There is a danger, folks, of forgetting who you are. And that's why we're going to go over this and over this and over this because you and I need to be reminded. Why do you practice on the mat day after day after day going over? Amen? Habits, that's the one that will win the state championship. Amen? He had one that did. And you see, they picked him up. He ran over to the mat, picked Justin up, threw him right down. He got A righteous man falls down, but he gets up every time. See, when I read this, I looked at this. You can immediately forget. If you and I are not, if we're not doers of the word, if we just hear the word and hear the word and hear the word, but we don't practice the word, we don't confess the word, 
then you're going to forget who you are in Christ. And then there'll be the day the devil will knock on your door and you will open it up and you'll be going, uh, 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 who are you? Uh, what do you want? Uh, uh, because you do not practice daily. You and I do not practice or confess the word daily, then we're going to suffer the consequences. Do you hear me? That's what's going to happen. That's why we need to guard our spiritual inheritance. The believer can forget who he is in Christ. Hebrews chapter 6, you don't need to turn there. I'll read it to you in verse 11. It says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish. Sluggish means lazy. Say lazy. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. People, there are a lot of well-meaning Christians out there. but they're lazy. And I know that there's not anybody here that's ever been lazy. <laughs> I get a kick out of you. Did you hear that? We've all been lazy. Boy, it's real quiet in this Presbyterian church. I said, we've all been lazy. Now, you can be... You can be diligent and have a good work ethic, but you can be spiritually lazy and not do those things that you need to do every day to protect and guard your spiritual inheritance. And listen, folks, I'm just like you. There are times that I have to stir myself up to pray, stir myself up and stir the gifts up on the inside of me to worship. Because my body does not want to do it. It takes diligence and effort to take the cash and put it in an envelope. Oh, I don't need that. That's too much trouble. Amen? But if you do that, you will be rewarded for doing and being a good steward. With your finances. But it all comes down to you can be lazy and not want to do that. And then time comes and you want to do something. You're not going to have the money. It's so important that we learn how to guard the spiritual truth or the treasure that, that we have within us. And we can get lazy. Say, I'm not lazy. Well, let's, let's close with this. How do you guard your spiritual inheritance? How do you guard your spiritual inheritance? The first thing is, and we're going to go off into a series this year about renewing your mind, but the first thing on how to guard your spiritual inheritance is you need and I need to renew our mind. Say, renew my mind. It's imperative that you and I renew our minds Daily. Look at Romans 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's so important that you and I renew our mind to the Word of God daily. We need to affirm constantly who we are in Christ Jesus. Let me read to you Kenyon again what he says about renewing your mind. It says, as soon as the man or woman of God is recreated, the father begins the beautiful process of renewing his mind. Now, listen, we're going to get off into this too, but this is one of the most important revelations that you need to have as a Christian. Are you listening? I did not learn this revelation growing up in the Methodist church. I got a good, lot of good things out of the Methodist church. But I learned this revelation later on, and it's one that you must have an understanding of or you're going to be confused as a Christian. Number one, it's vital that you understand God is what kind of a being? A spirit being. And those that worship the spirit being God, our creator, must worship him in spirit and truth. Number two, we are spirit beings. Say, I'm a spirit being. But, I, but you, you live in a physical body. If you took my spirit out of my body what, and, and put it next to my physical body, it'd, it'd, look, all this, it'd look better because I'd have more hair. Amen? When I get to heaven, my dad didn't have a lot of hair. I'm going to see a real nice head of hair there. But you're a spirit being. And I learned this early on and, and because I, 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 listened, I grew up listening to Billy Graham a lot about your soul being saved. And I didn't under really stand, understand what he meant about your soul being saved. Well, in, you know, there really wasn't a lot of understanding there. Your, your, your spirit man is recreated when you're born again. Jesus, you make him Lord of your life. The nature of God comes into your being. You're totally recreated. You were part of a, a, the kingdom, kingdom of darkness, but now you become a member, a member or part of the kingdom of the son of his love. So you are a spirit being. Say, I'm a spirit being. But then you have a soul. And what does that encompass? Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Now, is your, is your mind, will, and emotions, are they transformed after you're born again? Huh? Are you sure? No, they're not. The only thing that changes when you ask Jesus into your life is your spirit man is recreated. Eternal life, the life of God is in you now. You have the nature, the righteous nature of God, but you still, I still have to deal with what? The brain, the mind, the wills, and, um, and emotions. And what else do you have to deal with? 
your physical body. Your physical body doesn't change. Your mind, will, and emotions doesn't change. Are they affected by the spirit of man? Sure they are. But you and I have a responsibility as a Christian and believer to renew our mind. The mind can go this way or the mind can go that way. Dark, light. And you and I have the responsibility. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you've got to have this revelation or you're going to be confused as a Christian. You have to renew your mind to the Word of God. He says in, in Romans 12, too, that word transform comes from the same Greek word from which the word transfigured comes in speaking of Jesus' transfiguration on the mount. The renewing of the mind will be a transfiguration of our minds. No one can overestimate this wonderful fact. These minds of ours have been dominated by the senses, five physical senses, so that all the knowledge that we have has been sense knowledge. The, this mind is going to be renewed by the Spirit and by our meditation in the Word and practicing the Word until our mind is in perfect fellowship with our recreated Spirit and with the Word. Now let me say that again. This mind, your mind and my mind is going to be renewed by the Spirit and by our meditation in the what? Word. Practicing of the Word until our mind is in perfect fellowship with our recreated Spirit and with the Word. Now listen to this statement. Few believers have a renewed mind. I'll say it again. Few believers have a renewed mind. Why do, what, why do few believers have a renewed mind? Because they're lazy. Don't look at me like, we've all been lazy, folks. The preacher's been lazy. You've been have lazy at times. But we have to renew our mind. And it takes work. It takes you opening the Bible and reading the the scriptures and and meditating upon them speaking them out even when your five physical senses are screaming otherwise we walk by faith and not by sight few believers he says have a renewed mind consequently only a few of them ever get into the deep things of God and their prayer life seldom becomes a reality. Only a few of them know the riches of His grace. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 tells us how the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, so that we may know the things that were freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in words which man's wisdom get, teaches, but which the Spirit alone can give. Thank God we have the Holy Spirit. The renewed mind coming into this deep, rich fellowship with the Father through the Word is able to appreciate and understand the wealth of the redemptive work that was wrought in Christ. You and I will never 
understand our rights and privileges as joint heirs with Jesus Christ, you and I will never understand who we are in Christ Jesus and walk in the authority that we should be walking in if we do not renew our minds to the Word. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ. That falls dead upon the ears of the average believer. And yet that average believer is a possessor of all the things that Christ wrought in His redemption. He has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Christianity is the life of God imparted to a man, plus the wealth of the riches of God's nature which is imparted to us, and the Spirit's unveiling of the wealth of God that was revealed in Christ in His redemptive work. It was a faith-provoking thing, a love-stimulating thing. It revolutionizes the intellect. It thrills the spirit. It lifts a man out of the natural into the supernatural. When his mind or when her mind is renewed on the basis of his sonship rights, he can take his place as a son and daughter of God. He can enjoy a son's rights and privileges. He can assume a son's responsibility and step into all the riches of the grace of God. This comes when a man loses his sin consciousness and his sense of inferiority. You know, what I see a lot of, and this is what I dealt with early on as a young man, a lot of insecurity. You hear me? What do I mean about insecurity? Fears, insecurity, you know, not being confident. We as Christians, as believers and sons of the do- and daughters of the Most High God, we should be confident. Amen? I shouldn't have to go to Ron Elbin and, and, and I'll sit down and, and I say, Ron, I, can you help me? And Ron says, I don't know if I can help you. I don't know if I'm qualified to help you. Well, at that point, I'll probably get up and go find another lawyer. You and I should be confident in who we are. We should not be doormats for the devil to to wipe his feet on. We should be confident in in at our in our workplace. Young people, be confident when you go to school if you study, bless God, you got the Holy Ghost. He'll bring all things to your remembrance when it's time to take a test. We should be confident when people come to us and ask us for help. Amen? Why? Because we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. And some of you today are listening to this of what I'm saying, what I'm giving you in the Scripture, and your mind is going, this does not compute, this does not compute. You'll never figure it out up here. 
It has to be. It's a revelation. That's why the Holy Ghost will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know what is the hope of your calling and what is the glorious riches of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards you who believes. You have to come to an understanding. You have to renew your mind daily to this. Now listen, we've all had insecurities and fears. We've all had circumstances. We've all gone through some rough patches in life. But you don't have to stay there. You move on. You move on. You, you're forward focused. I've got things in my own personal life I don't understand. But that doesn't mean I quit. That doesn't mean I just throw up my hands and say, I give up. This this stuff doesn't work. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of Christians that have given up on the local church. They've given up on the preacher. They've given up on the Word of God. And I hope that's not you. You need to renew your mind. That's how you guard the treasure. Then the last one is you need to learn how to confess the word. Look at one more scripture. Hebrews 4. I try to be very considerate of the length of time that I preach. And uh, maybe I'm going a little longer today, but it ain't going to hurt you. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14 says this. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Now look at this next phrase. Let us hold fast our what? Profession, our confession. Say confession. So how do you guard your inheritance? You renew your mind, number one, but then you learn how to confess the word. That's why we were doing that this morning, confessing. And as you're confessing, you're hearing it. You're seeing it. Kenyon says, our faith, our unbelief is determined by our confession. Your faith, my faith, your unbelief, my unbelief is determined by what? Your confession. Few of us realize the effect of the spoken word on our own heart or on our adversary. We walk in the light of our testimony. Our faith never goes beyond our confession. That's, I, I read Kenyon and I'll read that and I'll go back and I'll read it again and I'll get something. I'll read it again and I'll get something. We walk in the light of our testimony. Our faith never goes beyond our confession. Boy, that's, that's, there's so much there. Our faith, your faith and my faith will never go beyond our confession. Oh, I can't do that. I, I'll never be able to do that. I, I, well, you'll never be able to do that. Your faith will never go beyond your confession. The Word of God, or your spiritual inheritance, becomes real only as you con 
confess its reality. You will never enjoy what what you are in Christ or who you are in Christ until the word of God rules your lips. You and I will never enjoy what we are in Christ and who we are in Christ until His Word rules our lips. Whose Word? Father's. So, this is your responsibility this year. Glean wise counsel. Gain knowledge. Guard your spiritual inheritance. By the way, I forgot. How do you guard your spiritual inheritance? Renew your mind. What? Confess the word. Grow your spiritual inheritance and give it away. I want you to be strong this year. I want you to get stronger this year. The only way you and I are going to get stronger is through the word. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I, I wanted to do this, but <clears throat> I don't have that many $100 bills. I wanted to put a $100 bill under every... I almost asked her if we could, we could do it. And put tape a $100 bill under your chair. Now you... God, they perk up. You start talking money and $100 bills and they start smiling. But then my mind, I'm thinking, some squirrely kid, like one of them back there, would be looking around and look, my God, a $100 bill. Then everybody's going, oh, my God, a $100 bill. But I wanted to use that as an, an example. <clears throat> that $100 bill was under your chair. And it was under your chair for a purpose because it was yours. If you would have looked and pulled it out, you, that would have been, I, I couldn't have taken it back. It was yours. But most of you walk out the door, you never knew. There's a $100 bill under there. And that's the way we are as Christians. It's ours. But we never really knew it. Amen. Father, I, I pray today for your people, all of us within these four walls, that we will this year glean wisdom, gain knowledge, and then guard what's rightfully ours, that treasure of truth that's within us. Lord, I continue to thank you by faith. I declare and decree the people of Harvest Church are strong in the Lord, and they'll do great exploits this year. I declare and decree the people of Harvest Church are confident in who they are in Christ Jesus. For you've not given them a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound Discipline mind. I declare and decree the people of Harvest Church, wherever they go, their hearts are moved with compassion, just like Jesus, and they're willing to reach out to others and help others. I declare and decree, Lord God, the, the people of Harvest Church, give. And it's given back to them, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I declare and decree the people of Harvest Church are prospering. They're in health and their souls, their mind, will, and emotions are prospering. 
I thank you, Lord, the people of Harvest Church walk in the authority that they have through the delegated name of Jesus. We have the name of Jesus Christ. That name is, is above all names. And so, Father, I thank you. These people are blessed for what they've heard today. And Satan, you're bound. You'll not steal the word that's been sown into their hearts. This day, in fact, every time we come together, I decree the word will take root in their hearts and it will bear fruit and they'll be blessed and those around them will be blessed in Jesus' name. I declare the people of Harvest Church hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So thank you, Father, for all the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. We're going to begin to act like sons and daughters of God. Because your word is true. And God is not a man that he should lie. So, Father, we believe it. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Now, is there anyone here today you need prayer for your physical body? You're all healthy and staying healthy? Good. Is there anyone here that needs a $100 bill? No, I'm just... Now, every time, this is what's going to happen in the days ahead. You're just going to casually, like, drop tissue to look under there to see if there's a $100 bill there. Never know. Amen. Well, say I'm blessed because I'm a son and daughter of God. Do you believe it? Well, then notify your face. <laughs> Have a good week. Amen. Anything else? You're dismissed.